Welcome to One Shot Church, where our goal is to create a place for you to believe and belong. We're so grateful that you tuned in to check out this message, and we'd love to meet you in person at one of our upcoming services at 10 a.m. Feel free to check out OneShotChurch.com for more info or to follow us on any of your social media platforms at OneShotChurch. Here's this week's message. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, my name is Rodney, and I'm the lead pastor of One Shot Church. And uh, today, obviously, we're doing church a little bit different. But this is exciting to me because we get a chance to meet from house to house. And this is kind of how the, the Christian movement uh, began in the first place. So it's an honor to be able to stand here. Some of you guys are in your living room, your kitchen. You might be on your phone, YouTube, Facebook, whatever, wherever you are. I'm glad that you are here worshiping with us and joining in with us. And so, uh, man, we're about to jump right into this message that I have. I believe that it's going to encourage your hearts and uh, just really stir something in you. It's, it's really encouraged me. And I I just believe it'll be a blessing to you. But before I jump into this, I want you guys to pray with me. Jesus, I thank you so much for this opportunity to encourage your people. I thank you, Father, that Jesus, you are the hope of the world. Uh, Father, you are the light of the world. And I pray that God, that you would help me to display the goodness and the glory and the brilliance of Jesus in this sermon talk, Father. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you guys... Have ever gone camping before? Anybody? You? Anybody? Camping? Camping? You know, um, I, just to be honest, I haven't seen a lot of black people camp. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And I'm one of those people. So, But anyway, I lived in Canada for about three years. And uh, one of my best friends while I was there, uh, my boy, uh, Mike Huff, shout out to Mike Huff. Uh, he convinced me and him and our young adult ministry, our young adults group to go camping. So I think it was about 12 or 11 of us. We go drive up five hours north of a city called Saskatoon and uh, and we go and, and, and we're camping. And I'm like, yo, this is for real, bro. Like we're in the woods. And so we get our canoes and, and then we literally canoe paddle, whatever you want to call it, like 11 miles to our campsite. And there we camp on an island. And this is dope. This is my first time like being out here now. I was I was a little leery of the bugs and the bears. So I slept fully clothed with a hoodie on and my socks on just in case I had to get busy. And I had a machete laying right next to me because Yogi was going to get cut up. You feel me? But uh, so but anyway, man, we had an awesome time. And uh, thank God for the bug nets. I, I would encourage you bug nets. But man, we had an awesome time now on the last day. Stay with me, y'all. The last day we're getting ready to to leave and the sky just starts looking crazy. I mean, there's like blue and dark purple and the sky is like kind of turning black. And we're just like, uh oh, like what's what's going to happen here? Do we we do we just torn down all of our tents and everything and we're ready to go. So it's like, do we just stay here and wait out this storm that we know is coming through or do we just kind of take our chances and just, oh, it won't be that bad, and we just go, right? So obviously we're a bunch of young uh, people and, and our cerebellum isn't quite uh, fully developed, so we, we chose to go through the storm, right? Like, dumb, hindsight. But we go through the storm, and it's fun at first. We're all laughing and like, gee, 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 gee. it's raining, and, and we're going through the storm. And the next thing you know, we're crossing this big lake, 
And as we cross this big lake, the waves start getting bigger. Now, Mike and I, we're, we're, we're healthy guys. Like, we're big, right? So we're, we're, we have a lot of weight in our canoe. Uh, we also have the food and all this other stuff in our canoe. And so we start going across this big old lake and the waves are like rocking the boat. Now, I'm an, and I'm, I'm an expert, right? You know, I'm really not an expert, but I'm an athlete. I'll figure it out because I'm an athlete, right? So I'm in the canoe and I'm in the front and Mike like leans to the left. So my natural instinct was I'm going to lean to the right. Well, then, then he leans to the right. Then I lean to the left. The next thing you know, we are rock the boat. Shout out to Aaliyah. But we start rocking back and forth, right? And then y'all guess what happened? We fell in the daggone lake. And for two seconds, just about two seconds, all I could say to myself was, I can't believe this. I'm in a daggone lake, five hours north of a city in the middle of nowhere. What am I doing with my life? But I had the wherewithal to actually grab my granola bar that fell. But anyway, so 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 I, I'm, I'm holding on to the canoe. And then I did something stupid. I should have listened to Mike. Mike literally could have saved my life. Thank God for God. But uh, I let go of the canoe because I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to swim to the beach. I like I'm I'm I'm, I'm a swimmer. I'm kind of in shape, so I'm going to swim to the shore. I paddled with everything in my soul and maybe moved about three feet. And then that's when I was like, oh, we're going to die. Like, this isn't rude. This isn't good. Right. So I have my vest, my life vest on. That's another sermon for another day. But I got my life vest on. And so my, my buddy, Jason, uh, uh, no, not Jason, James comes over with a kayak, right? Now I'm like 270 something pounds. Maybe I was about 260 back then. But when you add all the clothing and stuff on, I'm a heavy guy. So he swims by uh, in the canoe and I try to grab on the whole canoe goes up and I'm just like, what in the world is going on? So then luckily some other buddies in the canoe come and get me, bring me to the shore. And guys, we survived. We had to be rescued, but we survived. And I'll tell you a little bit of that other story. Hang in there with us and you'll hear about some of that. But the reason why I brought that story up was because right now the entire world is in the middle of a storm. The entire world. And uh, I have a real close friend who's a missionary in Bolivia, and he's just telling me about things happening in Bolivia. And they're actually starting to arrest people who are walking around on the streets and H1N1 and, and coronavirus is running rampant. And so it's just kind of like, oh, my gosh, the whole world is suffering and going through the same thing right now. And many of us are tempted to to just, you know, I hate to say it, but there's going to be a lot of drug addictions coming out of this. There's going to be maybe some broken marriages coming out of this. There's going to be all types of issues that will come out of this because, quite frankly, the storms are going to reveal to us where our trust and where our hope really is. And so as we go through this together, some of us, the financial storms we're going through. The relational storms, you know, we're having to restructure our whole family dynamic because kids can't go to school. Some of us are unemployed now. I mean, all these things are happening. How do we navigate this? Do we just wait for our government leaders to tell us everything is going to be okay? How do we navigate this storm that we're in? And this, the title of this sermon talk is Stand in the Storm. Stand in the storm. 
And there's a passage of scripture that uh, we're going to read today that Jesus speaks directly to the issue or the subject of being in a storm. So if you have your Bibles today, we'll throw the uh, scriptures up on the screen for you. But I love turning into my Bible. But you can turn to Matthew chapter seven and we're going to start in verse 24. Matthew chapter seven, verse 24. Check this out. Jesus says this. He says, anyone who listens to my teaching. Let's stop right there. My teaching. Right now, it is so important that we listen to people who are pointing us to Jesus. If you are a Christ follower, this is critical for you. This is lifeblood for you. We have to listen to Jesus. We have to listen to people who are pointing us to Jesus. There is enough news uh, 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 covering the coronavirus, covering all the negative things going on in the, in the, in the world and in society. But Jesus says, anyone who listens to my teaching, my teaching and follows my teaching is wise. Then he says this person goes into this allegory. He says this person is 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 like a wise person who builds a house on a solid rock. Somebody say solid rock. My audience, it sounds lame. Come on, say it again. Somebody say solid rock. Somebody say solid rock. Let me stop. Right. But he says they build their house on a solid rock. Then he says, though the rain comes. And torrents and floodwaters rise. And he says, and the winds beat against that house. This is what he says about this house. It won't collapse because it is built on the rock. Jesus says that anyone who listens to my teaching. That's first. We have to posture ourselves to hear what Jesus is saying. And then he says, and the person who hears or listens and follows is wise. You have listening and you have following. And in between listening and following is faith. In between listening to Jesus, hearing Jesus and following Jesus and obeying Jesus is faith, is trust. So we have to posture ourselves to trust Jesus. But then he says, this person builds a house on a solid foundation. And he says, winds, floodwaters rise and the house stands. Now, let's look at the next verse. Verse 26 says, but anyone who hears, here we go again, my teaching and doesn't obey is foolish. This person who builds a house on sand right we're going to come back to that then he says when not a matter of if the storm is going to come when the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house this is what jesus says it will collapse not it may collapse not it might collapse it will collapse and he says, not only will it collapse, but it will collapse with a mighty crash. See, this whole thing that Jesus is talking about here, Jesus is trying to get us to understand that when we trust him, we literally a house. Think about the house. The house is the true is where you are. The truest part of who you are. Right. Your, your house. You walk around in your underwear. You eat, you belch, you fart, you do all those things or you flatulate. Let's just be 
um, you flatulate, you know what I'm saying, right? In your home, you're comfortable in your home. You, you're, so you're, you're, the house represents your life. Jesus says that when you build your life upon a solid foundation, the emphasis is not so much on the house as much as it is the foundation the house is built on. And he says when you build your house on this foundation, when the storms come, your house will be saved. And I, I guarantee you the house that was probably built on sand may have looked awesome. You know, and a lot of us are beginning to discover that about our lives right now. As this storm is coming through, things are collapsing. Things that maybe we've put our trust in are falling apart. Maybe it was you just knew you had enough money. Maybe it was you knew this job would never uh, uh, come to an end. Whatever it is that we put our hope and our security in, if it wasn't on the solid rock, and we're going to discover what that solid rock is and even greater who this solid rock is. But Jesus says that if our faith and our life is founded upon these false insecurities when the storms come there will be a great collapse here's a point i want to leave you guys with is this when with whatever you build whatever you build storms will reveal whatever you build storms will reveal if you've built a solid life on a solid foundation then guess what? When the storms come, your life is going to look secure. People are going to look at you and say, man, how can you be joyful? How can you have peace? How come you're OK? How come nothing affected you? And it's not saying. And then guess what? Even if things seem like they're falling apart, you still you still have your joy. You still have faith. You still have confidence. It's because your house, your life isn't built on false securities like sand. Sand may look one way one day, but another day, sand shifts. And next thing you know, there's a collapse. And here's another point I want to leave with you guys. Peace, real peace, not, not, not fake superficial peace, real peace. The peace, the kind of peace that will satisfy the human soul. Peace is not in the, it says peace is in the foundation and not the fortress. Let's say that again. Peace is in the foundation, not the fortress. Sometimes we're looking at what we can build and we see a fortress. We see something that's impenetrable. We see something that will never fall. We see something that looks so secure. But if the foundation isn't right, if the foundation isn't solid or secure, then it will be a great collapse. There won't be the kind of peace that surpasses all understanding guarding your hearts. Peace is in the foundation, not the fortress. And here's why. Here's the difference. This is what I believe Jesus is getting at. The individual who builds their life on the sand is an individual who says, Jesus, I hear you, but I think I have a better way. Jesus, I, yeah, I kind of get all that God stuff, but you know what? I, I think I know a better way to build my life. 
I think I know. I think I'm strong enough. I think I'm more disciplined. I think I have better, better ideas. I think, I think I can handle this. And the other individual is the person who just says, you know what, Jesus, I need you. I can't do anything without you. You are my life. Show me what to do. Show me how beautiful you are, how wonderful you are. Show me how much you love me so I can trust you all the more. Here's the difference right here. The foundation of our lives is either built on flesh, and I'm going to explain that in a second. The foundation of our lives is either built on flesh or it's built on faith in Jesus. The foundation of our lives is either built on what we can do, self-effort, our own strength, our own merit, our own performance. And just like Jesus says, when the storms come, the collapse will be great. Because Jesus says, that's not the way that I operate. That's not the way that I desire for my children to relate to me. I want to be their everything. I want to be your sufficiency. I want to be your God. We can't be God and Jesus be God at the same time. It won't work. But when we listen to Jesus and we say, Jesus, I trust you and I'll follow you. Now we begin to build our lives on a sure and solid foundation. But the individuals who say, you know what, know what, I'm strong enough, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, you know, I can pull this together. You're building your life on sand. And the storms will reveal what you have built. Right? Here's a definition of flesh, because I want you guys to be clear of what I'm saying. Here's a definition I put together. The flesh is a lifestyle or mindset that does not rely on Jesus as its source. It's a, it's, it's a mindset, it's a lifestyle that does not completely rely on Jesus as its source. And it's any behavior or habit that we form to meet our own needs. And here's the interesting thing about the flesh, right? Many of us, we go to church every single Sunday in the flesh. There's a lot of pastors who preach sermons in the flesh. And the, the tricky thing about the flesh is I've always thought the flesh was sex, drugs and rock and roll. But the flesh can also look very admirable. The flesh can look good to the eye. I can see what you do and I can applaud you, not knowing that you are doing everything in your own strength, performance and effort and merit. You're not trusting Jesus. You're trusting in yourself. And guess what happens? Those applauds can be intoxicating. When you start getting applauded for your effort, your grind, what you can do, what you've built. And then when the storms come and wipe it all the way. The humility, the humiliation, the shame. The difficulty that we have to deal with can be overwhelming. But I have good news for you. Jesus loves you and he will not leave you. He will not forsake you if you trust in him and build your life upon him. Paul says this in Colossians chapter two, verse six and seven. He says, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as Lord, 
you must continue to follow him. Let's pause right there. Just as you have accepted Jesus. How did I accept Jesus? By his grace, him being gracious to save me and me trusting in that grace. That's how you got saved. That's how you accepted Jesus. That's how you received Jesus. So Jesus says, just as you have received me, follow me that way. Do you know that's difficult? Because many of us, we want to perform. We want to move Jesus out the way and we want to be our own gods. We want to make, we want to build our lives based upon our own strength. And guess who gets the glory when we do that? We do. And that's the problem. But when Jesus is in my life and when Jesus is saying, I'm extending my grace to you, son, trust me, I'll perform this. I'll make this work. I'll do this in and through you. Trust me. And then Jesus does it. Guess who gets the glory? Jesus does. So Paul goes on to say, he says in verse seven, let your roots grow down into him. Let your roots grow down into Jesus. He says, and let your lives, let your house, let your lives be built on him. Let your life be built on him. Newsflash. The solid foundation. It isn't in it. The solid foundation for your life and my life is a him. And his name is Jesus. Then he says, then your faith. See there, when, when your life is built on Jesus, when you are trust. And think about what a house does. What does a house do as it pertains to the foundation? It simply rests on the foundation. The house doesn't fight to to remain on. The, the, you know, it's not like the house is constipated and you wake up in the middle of the night because you hear the house moaning and groaning because it's, you know, too far. Sorry. But, you know, the house. The house is firm. The house is fixed. The house's job is to remain on the foundation. That is your and I's responsibility. Our lives are to remain at rest in Jesus. Our lives are to remain in trust and confidence in Jesus. The house is confident because of the foundation. So when the storms come, I'm confident, not because I'm so great. I'm confident because of the foundation my life is built on. I'm preaching, man. Y'all ain't amen to me, but it's okay. So then he says, then your faith will grow strong in the truth. What's the truth? The truth of the gospel, who you are in Christ. You are a blood washed child of God. Jesus loves you. You're no longer a sinner. You are made righteous and acceptable in Christ Jesus. That truth. So you can have confidence to build your life on those truths because that's what God thinks about you. Irregardless of what your behaviors may say. The truest part of you is not your behavior. The truest part of you is the new recreated spirit that God placed inside of you. That is who he sees. And when you see what he sees, you can become 
what he shed his blood for you to become. Shut up, Rodney. And then Paul says, and you will overflow. Look at the result of this. You will overflow with thankfulness. You won't be able to stop singing because you are so thankful Jesus saves you. Jesus sustains you. Jesus is your security. Jesus is your trust. I love this scripture in Isaiah. Isaiah the prophet says this in Isaiah chapter 26, uh, verse 3 and 4. Listen to what Isaiah says. Isaiah lived about 600 years before Jesus hit the scene. And listen to what he says about Jesus. He says, you, oh man, let's stop there. You, you will keep. Many of us may have thought our jobs would keep us. Many of us may have thought that relationship would keep us. The amount of money in our bank accounts would keep us. Whatever it is that we put our hope and security in, Isaiah says, God, you will keep in perfect peace. I love that. Perfect peace. All, all who trust in you, you will keep in perfect peace. All who trust in you. And he says, all whose thoughts are fixed. That means the same word used in the, in the, in the Greek text in Matthew chapter 24 that we just read. Fixed, established, planted, built on the foundation. Isaiah says, all those whose thoughts are fixed on Jesus. He says, you will keep in perfect peace. And then in verse 4. Trust in the Lord always. And then he says this, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. Jesus is the foundation of our lives. Jesus is the rock that I build my life, my family, my finances, my future, my hopes, my dreams. Jesus is the foundation that I build on. And guess what? If I build my life on my efforts, on my performance, on my merit, on my intellect, on my ability, guess how shaky, guess how insecure I'll be because I know me. And I know I have issues. I can't trust me like that. But I can trust Jesus. I know that Jesus has never lost. Pastor Shun just taught last week, love is undefeated. Jesus is undefeated. So I can trust Jesus. And here's a point I want to leave with you. This will bless you. Next verse. Shun needs Jesus because he's running the thing right now, but it's all good. So God's perfect peace came as a result of a perfect price being paid. I'm going to say that again. God's God's perfect peace isn't free. I mean, it is free, but it, it, it costs something. It's free for us. But God's perfect peace came with a perfect price being paid what is that what is that what is that price being paid you're talking about rodney i'm talking about the fact that the peace that jesus gives you the reason why you can be at peace with god 
It's not because God just decided one day to be peaceful. It's because through a bloody cross, he made peace with us. Through his death on the cross, God has established and made peace with us. And so I can have perfect peace, as perfect as Jesus' obedience could give me. I have perfect peace because he paid such a high price. So be confident that as you go through these storms, as you go through difficulties, all of us are. Be confident that Jesus loves you. That a price was paid for you. And that he will not he will not renege on his promises. You know, the people that don't know how to play spades. I'm going to move on. Right. I love this verse. And we're good. We're getting ready to close. This is Psalms. This is King David. I love this song. King David's talking Psalm 127, verse one and two. And then we're going to finish up. David says, unless. Unless the Lord builds a house. Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless Jesus is building your life. And I love this. Jesus is the master craftsman. What a coincidence that Jesus was a carpenter. He knows how to build things. You know, Jesus can actually build a better life than you. When you listen to his teaching and you trust and lean into him and you follow him, he builds your life upon himself. I love that. David says, unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Then he says, unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with centuries will do no good. Wow. Verse two. It is useless. Useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat for God gives rest God gives provision to his loved ones the hope the faith the trust the security that we can have is knowing that God is the one building my life and my life is being built on something that is unmovable no matter what storms come no matter what difficulties come Jesus will not be moved. And if my life and my faith and my hope is anchored in him, I will not be moved. No matter what happens, he says that he gives rest to his loved ones. In this season, some of us are stressed out in the midst of quarantining and, and all the different things that we have, you know, trying to get toilet paper, trying to make sure we're okay, we have enough supplies or, or making sure other people are okay. The temptation to just be overwhelmed with the stress that comes from that. Knowing this, God wants to give you rest. And guys, I'm getting ready to close. Um, believe I have one more point for you guys and then we're done for today. This is the point that I want to leave you guys with is this. Don't focus on your performance. Don't focus on how well you can build. Focus on the person of Jesus. Don't focus on your performance. How well you can build. Focus on the person of Jesus. Guys, I hope that you were encouraged today. My prayer is that you would like this. 
that you would share it, that you would share this good news with somebody that you know needs to hear this. And I believe that, man, we can encourage some people. We can keep people from committing suicide. We can keep people from slipping into depression, from slipping in, into addictions. We can really help people with the gospel of Jesus Christ because right now this is what people need. This is what our souls long for. Let me pray for you guys. Jesus, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that it's true. I thank you that it has transformed my life. And those around me, they know, Jesus, that you have transformed my life. God, I pray that you would do the same for everyone listening to this. Help us to build our lives upon the solid rock of your person, of who you are. Help us to let go and to let God. Lord, help us to trust you. Help us to depend upon you, lean into you. And God, have your way with our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Look to see you guys next week.